Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of The Side Eye. I am your co-host, Uptown Bobby, a.k.a. Robert Brown. And I'm another co-host, uh, K. Clark, a.k.a. Uh, I don't know. Walona. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Walona, okay. Mm-hmm. Walona for like some good times. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> who was really, who carried this show so a lot mm-hmm. of the time. She mm-hmm. had to be probably one of the best. You know how every show has a feature character? She might be one of the best ever. I, of course, Urkel probably... You probably argue Urkel might be one, but yeah. the show ended up becoming basically the Urkel show. But with Wanda, it was like still... She was still a side character, but she was on the side, but she still got enough scenes to really matter. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Jack Hay from 227. Oh, wait, hold on. Yes, yes. Me, yes. You ain't lying. Another contender has ended. Yes, Jack Hay. I was actually going back and watching 227 with my mom last year. And she really, yeah, she really did carry this show a lot. Uh, but that's that's no offense to Marla Gibbs, though, who, who really did a good job as married. That was really a good cast. Yeah, that's why I would have to go back and watch that. It was the one I watched much growing up. Oh, no, no, no. Nah, nah, nah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, nah, we, I didn't either. I did, uh, because, uh, it came on NBC during the eight, late 80s, early 90s, maybe. So, I, of course, we didn't really see it, but, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it wasn't one of them Nick at Night shows, neither. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I kind of fall out. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, my mom, it's on Amazon Prime, and my mom, she just get in the habit of watching like sitcoms from her era. So, she'd be watching The Jeffersons, 227. Mm-hmm. So, I was watching, I was like, huh. This is uh this ain't too bad. But uh yeah, that's what they did back then, man. It's crazy because all those shows back then had like the same beats when it came to like the deli- the delivery of like the jokes. Oh yeah, definitely. They got you know, come in, say this, say this, must come in, laugh track, say this, say it, laugh track. Yeah, I mean it's, it was a it's why it's a reason why they call it a sitcom. It was a, it was a format, you know. Um mm-hmm. Even when it came down to like the, the moments, you know, somebody said something right. bad, ooh, somebody kissed, <laughs> ooh, ow, you know. Yeah, ow. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think uh, when it came to show with Loud Tracks, I think maybe Martin might be the GOAT with that. Because I used to, I remember one time I heard somebody say, Yo, mama, when <laughs> on one of the episodes with Martin's mom, mm. uh, got what she got to it with like Gina. But, mm. uh, yeah, that's hilarious, though. <laughs> oh, lab tracks. So this is another episode. As you know, uh, by the time this episode is posted, we are closer to 2023. Uh, it is right now December, and we are wrapping this year up, y'all. It, it feels long, but not yes. long at the same time. Like It feels like this year was like, it feels like the first real year since like COVID started. Maybe that's what it is, because because twenty twenty was kind of like a, a in a way a lost year because everything felt so. I remember I told somebody uh, twenty twenty felt like everybody felt like the last day of school. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, uh, that's that's funny as hell because I was talking to somebody yesterday and they said three years. They said it's almost been three years, and my first thought was twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of twenty twenty. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I get what you said. That twenty twenty was kind of like. It was kind of like um, 
finally, like, say you're working at a job and you start getting the hang of it. That's what 2020 felt like. Like, you were just getting used to life again, <laughs> stuff opening up. And you mean 2020 or 2021? Oh, 2021. Yeah. yeah, 2021. Are you able to not wear a mask as much? If you, if you know, of course, that's your choice. Mm. But uh, yeah, this shit felt long as hell. Yeah, it did. So, with that being said, uh, we're going to talk about some of our favorite things from this year. But before we get to that, we have to talk about one of the biggest premieres of the year, one of the biggest movies of the year. Uh, well, kind of forever. The sequel to Black Panther. Uh, this is a movie that had everyone anticipating it. And then uh, in 2020 fashion, the star of the movie, uh, the, the heart and soul, if you want to go there, Chadwick Boseman died in surprising fashion. Like, I mean, no one saw this coming, but apparently uh, it was in the, it was part of the process. He had uh, stage four colon cancer and he kept it a secret from everybody. I was really one of the most epic Hollywood deaths I can think of as far as like he knew he was dying but instead of telling everybody and you know stopping working he just revved it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently he was, he was diagnosed um, I, I don't know the dates exactly but he he was diagnosed while he was in like the prime of his career. And instead of slowing down, he just revved it up. Uh, he did Black Panther see. So uh, not really to be sad. I found more inspiration in his passing than uh, despair. I really don't get too choked up about celebrity deaths, but that one just kind of like, hmm, it kind of made me be like, damn, I, what, what, um, what would you do if you knew uh, how much time you had. Mm-hmm. So how would you use that time? So that that's what I took from it. Um, so we are here. Black Panther arrived in uh, November, right? Yeah, November 11th. And, yeah, the 11th. And it's one of the, the second movie I've seen since uh, COVID, since the COVID era. I really don't frequent the movies like I used to. And this this brought me back out. So Let's let's start with you, Kevin. How do you feel about what 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 were your expectations for this movie, knowing that ch- this star was gone and walking into the theater? What what were you expecting? Well, I knew they were gonna have we're gonna have to address him dying because I mean, obviously he was he he was uh Charlie and Black Panther, so they could not they could not uh, address it or have any factors how how to the movie. So really going into it, I mean, because when the first movie ended, it ended on T'Challa sort of um, trying to end Wakanda's isolationism. It opened up to the world and wanted to start to interact with the world and, and, and you know, share, share some of the resources with the world. You know, it's, it showed that he had been affected by, you know, uh, Killmonger and his some of his philosophy. Um, so with him being gone all that sort of changed so i i, I you know just from the tra- i watched the trailer so i knew obviously they're going to deal with grief but other than that i really wasn't and of course they were going to introduce a new person uh no more into it, a new civilization but other than that i really didn't know what to expect going into it uh really so uh just and then going in and watching it you know um 
it felt uh I think they did good overall with showing how grief works because uh Angela Bass's character Queen of Ramonda is you know she's she's grieving but she's kind of taking she's leaning into a spirituality to grieve through it whereas um Shuri is you know she's angry and she's you know she because she's she's like the genius child yet her technology and all her intellect she couldn't save her brother um and so she's angry about that and that sort of leads her um to sort of relate to Namor on some level because he's angry but for a different reason um so you got grief and then you got of course the new world I think Tolokan is how you pronounce it the underworld underwater world led by Namor um another world another civilization found you know that is um has to deal with a history of uh imperialism or colonialism um but it's not a Mayan civilization, so a different uh, other people of color, basically. Um, and so there was that. And then I think I think it started to push it. it some of the things were similar as far as like Namor is some of the Killmonger as far as like he had, I guess, quote unquote, radical goals. But his goals were kind of clouded by his own personal pain, trauma, because he hated all the surface people and wanted, to, wanted them all to suffer, you know, basically. Um, and then he turned on Wakanda, uh when they refuse to go along with that. And also Shuri has her own desire for vengeance because after Ramona dies, you know, there's that um, element number two, but she's, she's struggling what to do the right thing. I thought when she visits the ancestral plane and, and her seeing Killmonger was a great twist as you know, it was unexpected. Um, and so then of course she decides not to give into the vengeance and they, and, and them and she and the more make a pact uh, as far as, you know, so I think in a way, I feel like it retreads some of the things as far as like personal trauma and colonial and, and imperialism and all that stuff, colonialism. Um, and also, you know, the, but people of marginalized folks fight among themselves rather than fighting the real enemy, which is, you know, uh, like I said, imperialism, white supremacy, all that stuff. So there was all that. And then also, I think they seem to be hinting at the fact that it seemed like it was a ramp up. Like this is, a, this is like, if they do a third one, which I think they will, I think this seems to be like the the... the pushing it toward the uh, the, the quote-unquote real revolution. Like the first one was about, you know, Africans and, and Black folks in the diaspora and the, and the interracial politics and all that stuff. And you had the CIA, but they were kind of on the outside. This one now, you know, they, with uh, the introduction of um, Julia, Julia Dreyfus's character, um, the CIA and, and the Black extension in the U.S. seems to be taking more of a, a proactive, you know, uh, role as the antagonist. Because clearly them and and some of the European European nations want that uh, vibranium, as Angela said, uh, Queen Ramonda said when she walked in that first scene, saying we you know we got to protect ourselves from y'all because y'all got a history of of uh, exploitation which y'all try to do again by taking the vibranium. So I think it's wrapping up. And then at one point the CIA guy he even says like, you know, what do you think we would do if we had that had that um, vibranium? And and Julia uh, Dreyfus's character said she, she felt like she was almost had one sort of orgasm when she thought about it. And then uh. And so I think um, they seem to be wrapping up towards like some type of big conflict now, like because like they, they resolved the internal conflict between Wakanda and and you know maybe, maybe the water diaspora, I guess you can say. And now they was and now for, and for the time being, Wakanda and Telecon have resolved their conflict. So now that's settled. So now the big conflict is protecting themselves from being exploited by the wider world, you know, the wider colonizers, basically, which could be the third movie. I'm assuming. And that's, that's that's how it read to me. So, uh, but overall, um, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I would say it's better than the first one, um, because I don't know how much new ground it treaded. I mean, it, it did bring in another civilization and how and you know it showed how 
you know, uh, colonization is is not just limited to black folks, but to other other marginalized people. So that was that. But and I liked the, the journey of Shuri, uh, sort of trying to basically stumble her way into, into maturity in, in a way and dealing with lots of loss and grief. But Winston Duke did a great job as Mbaku and kind of fleshed him out more as a, as a character. Um, so um, I don't know why I would rank it yet from the first one, but overall I enjoyed it. So uh, what did you think? Oh, that was a that was a pretty good um summary. Oh, oh, and as if y'all haven't noticed, we are doing full spoilers. It's been, <laughs> been, it's been pretty much a month, so if you haven't mm. seen this shit yet, you just really don't care because <laughs> uh, I was somewhat intentional with spacing out the episode to give people time to see it, so we could do a full review. Uh so yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, I mean that's on you. So cut, stop listening or whatever. Fuck cut. <laughs> um. You know, this is going to be really hard. Um, when I, I read an interview from Variety that was really good, I, I hate I didn't. Did you read it? I, did, I, I don't think I shared it with you. No. I can't remember. But it was a really good interview, and it talked about grief and just how the cast reacted to his death. And, you know, he, uh, Ryan Coogler, the director, just said how hard it was to even make this movie, mm-hmm. you know, or, or if they even should make the movie. Uh, and it got me thinking. When when do we get to the point to where we can just make a movie and that just be it? You know, like do we have to have a sequel to everything? And of course, you have that's that's almost even a dumb thing to say out loud, considering that this is a Marvel movie and the whole (laughs) and it's all based off sequels. Because like that's why I didn't take people seriously when they were doing the whole thing with the first movie, making it seem like it was supposed. It was just like. how people didn't understand why Killmarket was quote unquote the villain and all this talking. I'm like, y'all, this movie is really just a puzzle piece to a bigger picture because mm. like the next two movies, some purple nigga is gonna come and wanna kill everybody. <laughs> like, like it's it's almost silly to even take this one movie seriously because it's not in the grand scheme of the, the Marvel universe, it doesn't really matter. It just it's like an introduction to characters that are gonna be used for the bigger movie. So it kind of like takes away some of the charm from the individual movies because then it's just leading up to a bigger spectacle of a movie, if that makes sense. Mm. So it just it just really made me think that because the first one wasn't perfect, but you had like a a well told story. I was a good introduction to the Black Panther character, but then he died, and instead of recasting him, which I thought would be really stupid, and I've seen people online like be vocal about how he should have been recasted. I'm like, he's dead. Like, <laughs> like he not, not for this one. I, I think later, no. yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, not for this story. You can't, and then even in the comics, um, spoiler alert, Shuri becomes like a Black Panther um, through other channels, you know, and not necessarily him dying, but him being like stripped of the title or him not even wanting to be king. So it, even within the terms of like the comic book world, it matches up, you know, the continuity matches up. It's just that when something like that happens, it's, uh, it's almost like you would just want to skip the movie stuff and be like, all right, just go just go with the next big Marvel event movie and we'll just skip the Black... We'll skip expanding the Black Panther universe through movies and let's just go to the next phase or bigger movie with the big enemy because we just lost the face of the franchise, you know? But 
I mean, this, hey, this is a money-making business. So, of course, the show had to go on. And they did the best they could. They did the best they could. I was impressed with how the story moved. I'm glad they acknowledged it. You know, I'm glad it wasn't like, I'll tell somebody, like, this isn't like a soap opera. You know how soap operas used to have other people come on there and just replace a character? Mm. Or like, Aunt Viv got replaced and nobody said anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You you, you can't do that with this. Yeah, or Harriet, you can't do that with this. You know, you have to, and people aren't stupid. You know, we have the internet now. Like, it's just public knowledge that this man is dead and he died tragically. So why not put that into the story that he died and just have a natural progression? And I think that was well done instead of just being like, oh, you know, uh, T'Challa in space. Or, you know, he out of town. Or just some silly shit like that. <laughs> You know, so just tell tell the truth. Tell the truth. Use this as an opportunity to expand the story. And I think they did a good job with that. One of my favorite scenes was the first scene you mentioned in the, uh, at the UN meeting when uh, Angela Bassett's character, the mother, uh, Ramona, mm-hmm. when she was standing there and then they brought in the spies. Mm-hmm. And basically she gave a speech like, you know, this is why we were hidden because mm-hmm. y'all don't know how to act. Mm-hmm. And I love that part because it showed how Wakanda is still standing strong, uh, which which the women of the cast are. And I love how it showed like how the the movie is still continuing, even though you know they lost the, the face of it. But just like anything with any movement, you know, with any um, thing in life, you still have to continue. Like you know, when Martin Luther King died, you know that didn't mean civil rights stopped. The civil rights mm-hmm. movement ended. You know, it just means that it took on a new shape. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, when Michael Mays died, the nation of Islam didn't stop. It just took on a new shape, you know, vice with anything. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's that that is why you continue on with the movie and you acknowledge his death because shit just don't stop, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, I, I'm pretty sure Chadwick. Um, I hate speaking for the dead because they're dead, but I'm pretty sure he would have been um, in favor of how they continued it. You know, be honest, be open. You know, I'm, you know, nigga, he knew he was dying. So he mm. he knew that the movie was going to have to go on anyway. And I'm pretty sure that he would have been okay with the continuation of it, you know. Because mm. if, if you recast, that's unfair to the actor. Because people are going to be like, oh, this nigga suck. Or, you <laughs> know, it's just, he ain't no, t- he ain't no Chad. <laughs> yeah. You know, those are big shoes to fill. So mm. just, no. Um... But back to the movie, I, I thought it was a, a cool movie. I thought Namor was executed well. Um, he's a very popular character in the comics because he's pretty much like Marvel's version of Aquaman, but he's like a badass. Hmm. And um, he's like an anti-hero. You know, he's somebody that's like, he does bad shit, but he has like a kind of like a good reason for it even though it's his reason and mm. it could be selfish, but I like the way they executed him. Uh, I think the actor that played him did a good job. Uh, I like the way they kind of gave him a new origin with the uh, with the Aztecs. So, Cause growing up, a lot of people kind of assumed that he was like maybe Southeast Asian, like maybe Pacific Island or something like that. But um, I, I like the, I like the Aztec, the, the, the Mayan type of thing. Cause it just, it's different, even in because I think in the comics he rules over at Atlantis, 
but you know, you can't really do that because they are basically, yeah, DC made their movie first. So now it's like, well, let's just come up with something new. And I thought that was cool. And um it, it was it was cool to see that world too. Uh I like the and this is another thing that shocked me was the death of Angela Bassett's character. I didn't yes, see that I, coming I, Yeah, I was surprised by that, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it was a spoil. I was like, damn, she did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and I liked it because it showed how how serious Neymar was. Like that nigga did not play. Like mm-hmm. even with Kim Morgan, he killed people, but he didn't kill anybody that was just like it was just really like, oh damn. Like, I mean, he mm-hmm. killed Forrest Whitaker character, but it's like, I mean, and, and his was, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, and his old lady, but they were both yeah. on TV for like short time. I mean, on the movie yeah. for short time. Mm-hmm. But as the you know, we. First of all, she Angela Bassett. And, you know, and then we, you know, we went through the first movie with her, and this was seemed like they were introducing her to be like a bigger major player. Mm-hmm. And then she died. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, man, this nigga ain't bullshitting. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I thought that was cool. Uh, but my only complaint is the links. I, I really thought the movie was entirely too long. I feel like there were ways they, they could have trimmed some of the fat and made it shorter. Um, maybe I'm not used to being in a theater that long. Maybe that's part of the reason, but I, I just, it, I'm not gonna say I got bored, but I was ready to get to the fucking point. <laughs> <laughs> that made sense. Yeah. I mean, but they had, like I said, they had a lot of, listen, uh, could you send me a link to, to Vulture's review on it? Cause the, the, the two, well, they actually, the three people, and two of them didn't like it, and one person did like it. And I do agree with them. They said that they had they had a lot to cover. They had a lot on their shoulders that they, I don't think they was, it would have been possible enough to really check all the boxes, you know, because with Chad was definitely just threw so much into it just was, you know, it just probably changed everything, probably changed the direction of where they were planning to go. You know, it just it was a lot to deal with. And I think it put a lot more probably on Letitia Wright, who played Shuri, probably more on her shoulders, probably as far as essentially playing the lead. You know, uh, really, I, I consider her and Angela kind of co-leads in a way because Angela really, mm-hmm. she, she kind of she like uh, handed the reins over to her by sort of being the both the literal queen in the movie, but also like handling a lot of the heavy dramatic stuff. And then once she passed, it was on Letitia to do it. And to an extent, Duke, uh, Winston Duke, but not as much, you know. Right, right. Winston Duke was the great uh, like mediator. I, I lo- Like mm-hmm. you said earlier, I like the, the depth this character got. And um just the way he was able to be there and be like, you know, the balance and the calm um, when she needed it. Uh, thought that yeah. was good. I, I, I really liked the kill marker cameo. I thought that was cool because it was funny. Like before he came and gave his spill, I was like, damn. I said, well, Conda really has changed because they really care about protecting this little black girl. Because in the first movie, they would have threw her to the wall. Mm-hmm. They would be like, the streets, hey, yeah. Be like, yeah, just take her. Like, fuck it. <laughs> But, you know, the way they protected her, you could tell that they learned, you know, from the first one to be more open and accepting and be like the protectors of all black people. So I thought that was cool. And when he said that, I was like, well, damn, you know, they, they really wanted to, to, you know, hammer that point home. I thought that was uh, good to see that it was progressive from the first movie to the second. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, And then uh, one thing, another thing I... I I'm not gonna say I didn't like, but I just thought it was kind of like they had all this fucking fighting, <laughs> and, and then them niggas like they fight to the death, and it was just kind of like I right, bet. <laughs> then they go back and be like, "Hey y'all, we cool," and mm-hmm. I'm like, 
I mean, God, make it seem like we did all this shit for nothing. Like, <laughs> I was like damn. But I, was, I guess I, that's what I remember. It was it, it was it felt like that part felt like like felt like a bit of a retread of the first one because as far as intro intro I guess this intro POC conflict in a sense because it's like y'all fighting but it's like the real me is y'all need to be fighting people trying to get this vibranium you know either from Telecon or from Wakanda because that's they coming and they ain't stopping if history is any uh indication. Right. And um yeah exactly so it's just, it's just like it was like damn y'all did all this fucking fight did that y'all just like all right we cool like everybody mm. go home <laughs> It's all cool now. It's like, well, shit, what the fuck? <laughs> like, people die. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it is a fucking comic book movie at the mm. end of the day. And, and that's my problem with some of the Marvel movies. That last act always be like, the part they can't get right. It's like, because <laughs> it's like you, you build up to this big battle, and then the battle happens, and it's like, shit, like, well, shit, all right, I'll surrender. Yeah. Or, but, oh, okay. <laughs> but I think it has to be true consequences to the battle. I mean, the first movie had true consequences because Killmonger died. But he, even though he died, he had a, his views had an impact, and that was, I think, mm. that was the consequence. Or even like you think about, I never forget sitting in the, in the movie theater and watching, um, uh, not Endgame with Infinity War with Thanos when he when he got all the stones and like just went, oh, he snapped. And then everybody saw Vance disappear in the movie. We just ended up, and I was like, you, you, you could feel like the collective, damn. Just watch over the movie because <laughs> it was because like the, the the final battle had like real consequences, you know, because people right. died, <laughs> you know, and people that right. and, and substantial people died, not just anybody, but, but you know. Oh yeah, T'Challa, Spider Man, yeah, little Spider Man just disappeared, like Mr. Stark, just vanished, you know. <laughs> so I think that's what the, I think, but that's but this because it didn't like in basically a truce, you know, um, it, it didn't have necessarily a, a real consequence, but to my mind now. I wonder how real the truth was because you know that scene where uh Namor is talking with I guess his top soldier, she's saying, like, how could you bow down or give in to the Wakandans? I thought I wanted to fight beside you. And he his tone, I couldn't tell if he was like hundred percent like with the truth, or he was like ninety percent with it and ten percent like, but you know, we still gonna do our thing if we have to, you know, like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, with Namor, you never know. Mm-hmm. And I did like that too, because he mm-hmm. he's he's somebody like he looks off himself. Like I it, it's He's written really like I wish T'Challa, I wish Chadwick lived because like it's like his beef with Namor is like eternal because it's like in the comics or whatever Chad uh, Namor had like watched like that like the fight scene he had with Wakanda he did that in the comics but to a worse scale like he like destroyed a lot of Wakanda mm-hmm. and then him and uh, Black Panther had to end up working together and like um, but he was doing it behind the backs of um you know wakanda and when they found out they was like you let this you working with this nigga that destroyed us and they like <laughs> they like denounced him they like mm. told him like you know you you not we don't we don't fuck with you no more mm. and um it, it's just like that that beef just go there there far so it, you never can trust this nigga neighbor because he just he always got something up his sleeve so like mm. you said i don't know if he was genuine or what we'll see how it goes in the next one. I don't know how, I don't know what they do with the next movie. I, I, I feel like it was leading up to, because since for now, the intra BIPOC conflict is, is resolved for now. I feel like now the main focus is, is going to be on facing the, you know, the U S and, or, you know, the European nations, because clearly they want that, that vibranium they coming, you know, Right. Because so even, I, though they, even, even though they say the CIA agent Everett, you know, uh, 
uh, can't think of her name, Juliana, Juliana Dreyfus, Julia Dreyfus's character, you know, they clearly want the vibranium and then they, they're not going to stop to get it. So it's like, that to me is like, that could be the real quote unquote revolution or as much as they would allow for a, a mainstream Disney product, you know? Um, so that could be, to me, that could be the third, the crux of the third movie is like, okay, we've resolved our stuff in turn both in Wakanda and with uh, Telecon. Now, let's say want to introduce like an Asian society that's been, you know, <laughs> no, no, that's not a joke. I'm just saying like, you know, unless they're going to introduce somebody else, which I don't think they would, but I feel like, I feel like okay, we, we resolved it. We, we, were, we were secure amongst ourselves. We want to help the wider wider black diaspora. Now we got this other society that that's that we're in, uh, in truce with, a truce with has been called with them. So now we're got stuff together enough to push back against the uh the wider colonizers. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Mm. I, I don't know till we see because uh it's, like you said, so many directions it could go. Mm. Um I just hope that it's a decent movie at this point. You know, we had the the tragedy of Chadwick, so hopefully it could one. Uh, what did you think about Riri Williams? Uh, is it, oh, is it the actress or the that was the character? Just, yeah. just the character um, in the movie. She, she was fine. I mean, she's fine. It's, it's like the humor don't always land for me in the, in, the, in in this both this movie or the first one. Because uh, I, I feel like if Ryan Coogler has way, he would just write it as a straight drama. Or right. like, or 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 or, 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 or the 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 dumb boom type of human don't, don't land for me. Like them, nah, <laughs> yeah. them call them them calling Asian ever colonizer and things like that. That's fine. That's funny. But but uh, but when when they try to, when they try to go dumb bum like the Deadpool route, it don't work. Yeah, I didn't. Some of the jokes didn't hit in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the first one I liked, but this one it was kind of like, especially with as heavy as it was. Mm-hmm. You know, I just really was like, all right, we could do without some of this shit. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's not it's not a very funny movie neither but there are moments where you know they try and it's like mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, okay. it's, it's, it, when, when the humor is more like naturalistic i think i guess uh then it works better but when it's, it's when they try like i said when you try to go more for like the sort of like robert downey jr uh, Deadpool, you know, right? One liners, yeah, yeah. yeah it don't work. It don't. It don't fit that. Doesn't fit them. That it doesn't fit that world, right? Because they, they're such serious people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's what I liked about the first one was uh, Shiri was like she was like a Wakanda girl, but she was kind of mm-hmm. like you could tell she had like some American influences too. Mm-hmm. So right, like uh, like the point of lab when she was like talking, she said, "Why you got your toes out in my in my lab?" <laughs> <laughs> like, like that. I thought it was funny, but like this was kind of like uh, like the moment like the when they went to MIT, it was kind of like, all right, I'm ready for this part to be wrapped up because <laughs> these jokes ain't landed. But um, what do you think about? So I sent you the piece from Vulture, and um, it was written in a way that made it seem like la- like just like in Black Panthers, if you're black, it's like taboo. And you know, we always say black people are not monoliths. Uh, you know, we should be able to like things, dislike things. You, you know, the case. I be your true self. What did you think about the review from the people who didn't like it? Do you think it was fair? Do you think niggas were just hating? <laughs> uh, uh, we were talking about this before the podcast. Because uh, one of the people they talked to from Vulture, um, who I'm trying to think uh, of her name. I didn't agree with her review of Bel Air. I thought that she she was trying to make the a, a comedy out of a drama. <laughs> uh, but I think I, I 
I think one of the criticisms they had was that they did that they felt like Marvel movie this movie and, and, and Marvel movies in general are incompatible with exploring something as complex as complex as grief. Um and to a certain extent, I agree with that. It was yeah, Angelica Jade Bastian. She's the one that, that uh, they spoke to uh, on, with Vulture and with somebody else too. Um, I didn't, like I said, uh, and I, I didn't like her review of uh, Bel Air, but I did agree with her with that. I think because she was saying like whenever they would try to like, sort of sell into a moment of like uh, like like the scene in the beginning with um, Angela Bassett's with Ramonda and uh, Shuri and talking about grief and and and. And Ramona saying, like, have you really tried to sit, try to sit down and grieve? And she would be like, no, because if I did, I would want to burn everything down. You know, it's like they would get into that and then, but then Namor appears, you know, or they were at the funeral and then the funeral scene's over really quickly. It's, I, I think they said, you know, it's, it's because this is a moral movie and, and, and it is part, in the sense, an action movie, you know, action has to happen, physical action. So that leaves less time for these maybe more uh, more character moments. So I did agree with that. Um I, and I do think there is pressure to when something is is so big and, and impacts the culture so much as Black Panther has, particularly in America, and speak for the rest of you know other Black folks around the world. But when it comes to hitting America, it really has impacted people. I mean, you know, people our age, you know, my nephews, uh, people my parents' age, like it just crosses all generations. Like everybody knows about it. You know, you know, it's not confined just to one specific generation or, or one region or whatever. Like everybody's like sucked into like the you know the phenomenon it's really a phenomenon so so to say you didn't like it i could see why you would express some apprehension about that because you don't want that to be interpreted as you know either either being a hater or and or you being like a you know a snob or so you know so so like a uh you don't want to seem we want to seem like you 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 uh talk down something that doesn't happen that often which is something that like a a genuine phenomenon that, that transcends mere entertainment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, one point I'd be like, all these Marvel movies are pointless because <laughs> I'd be like, you know, it's all, it's just, lead, it's just, it's just more shit to lead to another conflict. You know, like, like I was, like um, I was mentioning earlier. Why can't we have? finality with these movies like why can't it just be like this movie came it was good and that's it like everything doesn't have to have a sequel and i think that's one of the things that ruined like the star wars shit like if you watch the first three movies they're not perfect uh and when i say the first three i'm not talking about the order they put them in i'm talking about the order that they were released Mm -hmm. yeah i like like the shit from the 70s it tells a story it has an arc it had a beginning and an end a middle and it ended. And I think sometimes you just need shit to end. That's why I'm not watching the um, House of the Dragon shit from Game of Thrones, because I watched the Game of Thrones show. That was like six, seven seasons. I'm fatigued. I'm out. I don't need to know how it began. You know, I just, I'm good. Like, fuck all that. And it just, I, I, just, I just feel like that with some things. And this was one of the things that made me question that, how this machine operates when I say machine I'm talking about like the, the Marvel cinematic universe it's like you had like a major actor die um there was no way to recast him really uh he passed away and it kind of made me be like well why we why should why should we even have a sequel you know and I get why they did it I, I really like to honor him and to honor the character and I think they did they did the best job they could 
But it's like, why couldn't we just move on to the next step? Because like all these, like I tell you, all these movies are just puzzle pieces. Like they're just puzzle pieces that lead to the the next big fight with the next big bad guy. So why not just skip this part because you had some so tragic happen? But money has to be made, contracts are signed, you know, their obligations. So I get it. But I, I, I totally understand her point about the grief and all that. Um, with that being said, hey, they did the best they could. Well, I, and also, I will say to your point, I feel like had they stopped and just moved on to the next thing, would they have gone back? In terms of like really having when was when be the next time we would get another movie that where where uh the, not just the lead but the entire movie is is centered around black people black people or, or right. people of color because I mean you think about it, what other, what other major movie not, not even just Marvel movie just major super superhero movie major studio release as you can think of where most of the, most of the main characters are black or or non white. And people who are white are minor characters and are treated largely like an afterthought or like a joke almost. Not too many, you know. Tyler and, right, but, <laughs> you know, but I mean, you know, that's that's true in part between. So had they sort of you know not done the movie at all, it could have been another four or five, six years where we maybe even got a movie, not even this Black Panther, but another movie it, at all in the MCU universe. That revolved around a black. I mean, you had a, I guess on DC side you have Black Adam, but there's, there's that. But I mean, but 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 Black Adam it doesn't is not contending with the issues that Black Panther is. You know, and, it's, and Black it's, Adam, it's, and, and let's be real clear about Black Adam. Rock don't even really identify. He, he don't like, he don't side with the Knicks, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, Rock, I mean, he. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but um, he he does lean more to his uh, Hawaiian Samoan heritage than he does his Black American heritage. Not that he's ashamed of it, but it's just in his public persona, that's something is more highlighted because it's uh, safe. Yeah, but but so I'm I'm glad that they did go forward with the sequel, you know, and 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 do what they did, but do they do what they could with it. And I also think that you know, in the same way that. Each director, you know, Tim Burton, uh, uh, Nolan, like his name, I think his name, Nolan. Well, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan, um, whoever else, I'm trying to think, you know, all the all the different directors have done different things with Batman over the, these decades. I feel like the same thing, thing that could be done with Black Panther because it's the text is there. It's like if you were thinking of these, like, Almost like modern mythology stories. You no, know, I know it's comic books and it's entertainment, but like if you were to think of it like modern mythology, how many different yeah, versions? How, how many? How many different versions have you had of, you know, Greek mythology stories retold in the modern context? Roman gods, same thing. Even like classic uh, literature, like you know, if you didn't have Emma, you wouldn't have Clueless. You know, you know, mm -hmm. like so, so. I don't see why we couldn't do the same thing with Black Panther, as far as like you know, let's say 10, 10 years from now. At this after the Ryan Coogler's take on it has, has been wrapped up, another young black person, so a, a woman or a queer person, you know, could uh take that storyline and, and give their own version of it, their own version of T'Challa, their own version of Shuri, their own version of Ramonda and Killmonger. Like it could be, you know, it could exist in that way and be, and, and and resonate different ways in different time periods. Right. And that's very much so a real thing. And like you said, like in comic books, like 
T'Challa has existed for what? I don't know. 50, At least 50 years, yeah. 50 years. And there have been dozens of writers, white, black, um, that have written the character. So like you said, there, there's interpretation open for him. But um, unfortunately, uh, these stories are told in like a, a vacuum. You know what I'm saying? So it's like maybe like every decade or every 20 years, you get like a... Uh, uh, different Hollywood version of it because that's just the timing of these things and who has the rights and who owns them or whatever. Mm. Um, but yeah, at, at the end of the day, I'm I'm glad the film did happen because I mean that's like you can't stop this machine; <laughs> it's going to continue. Uh, so if it's going to continue, you know, tell the story. I just I just sometimes I just think that man, things will hit a lot harder if we just left shit alone. I think about movies that came and went that didn't have a sequel, uh, movie wise, like the, like the Color Purple, like it still stands the test of time because the it's it's the it's the Color Purple, you know, it's still the original movie. And I know the book is um, the, I know the book is a trilogy if I'm not mistaken. Oh, but, I didn't know that. Right, but we didn't get a remake because we don't need a remake. I remember they they did a black remake of Phil Magnolia, and it sucked. <laughs> it was like, why, why did we even need this? We didn't need an all black Magnolia. Let's just, why could we do an all black, just a different story? You know, like, I, I'm honestly, when Bella was mentioned, I wasn't a fan because I'm like, why can't niggas tell new stories? But I got over there when I saw people enjoy it and then, you know, the direction. So, you yeah, know, because okay, it, 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 it is, a, it's a truly different take. It's, I mean, right. it, it's, it's, it's just a truly different take. On information, which I was, that's why I feel that she missed in her review is like, is she could she was comparing to the old old to the sitcom. It's like, no, it's like it's, it's not the it's not it's not what they're trying to do. Like you, you you want to be something that it's not. If you want, you know, uh, boom sicka sicka, go back to go back and watch Bel Air. You know, <laughs> but I, I, <laughs> I mean, go back, back and watch Fresh Prince. You know, <laughs> I guess my problem was why couldn't you tell that story, but without without that IP, you know, without that character. Well, but because uh, well, also this is where you know the show business comes in because you got, <laughs> the you got yeah you, you got the art part of it which is in this case trying to be really good but the business side of it is if we if we attach Will Smith Fresh Prince you know the name then then we already have a built-in audience that, that a company can come right. in and, and be at least be interested in watching it where I start from right. scratch it's like okay what show is this what's the name what's the movie? What's <laughs> right. the you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then it just probably ends up getting canceled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I, I get it. Yeah, because that's because that's that's really what it's all about. It's about IP. It, it comes on Peacock, which is NBC, and NBC on you know Fresh Prince. So it just mm -hmm. it just all came together. And, and was, then this idea came out of the air because I think it was like somebody like did like a trailer for a dra uh, dramatic version mm -hmm. of Fresh yeah. Prince, and then it just snowballed into a TV show. So it, it happened and. Hey, people like it. It's coming back, so I'm not gonna complain about the shit because you know people more than I'm not the only person that watches TV, so other people deserve to be satisfied too. So, yeah, um, I just, I just really wish sometimes we could get to a point to where we make stuff and just leave it alone and just let it be and let people experience it and then just, you know, enjoy it and just go on and make mm -hmm. new stuff. But yeah. that's just. Not really probable. <laughs> I, I don't mind it as long as it has if it, if it's some, if it has something truly new to add to to the original material. Like I said, like Bel Air does, you know. 
if it's if it's that type of situation, then yeah, I'm 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 fine with it. But if it's more like a uh like boomerang on BET, kept kept that, you know. I, was, I never watched the show, but I was like, why did y'all didn't even have the name in boomerang? It is. Yeah, it is. It is felt dis. I mean, other than it being, other than the mission of Marcus Graham, it is felt totally disconnected from the original. Didn't have anything to do with Halle Berry's character or um, Robert Gibbons' character, or this was like a show about post college kids, you know, trying to you know come up. Right. So, yeah. So all in all, I enjoyed uh, One Kind of Forever. Um, you did as well, I take it. My only complaint was this shit was too long. And that's just probably me being um older and having shit to do. <laughs> so and we did get one uh one little one little show of a uh, of a uh, lesbian affection, same sex affection. Oh know, yeah. And, tips, and, tips and, if you, tips. and if you blink, you would have missed it. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> like a child wouldn't have understood that as being mm. like uh a romance, you know, because mm. it was just it was so short and just it could have been somebody just being sentimental or you know it could have been mm. romantic it was intended to be romantic but like it was very brief but yeah my somebody did i did see somebody mention that being negative about it mm. um but fuck them people man they negative <laughs> about everything people negative about it not being recasted, people negative about it being well, a well, quote unquote woman movie. Yeah, I, I will say about it being recast. Uh, if you go to the channel, FD, Signi- FD Signifier, he uh talked to the guy who sort of started the hashtag recast Chala, and he talks about what his actual intentions were versus what they sort of were taken into by the ashy contention. His intentions were basically like he doesn't want the character to disappear altogether because. We miss out on what I mentioned before. We miss out on all these possible reinterpretations of the character and different takes on the character, like you've had with Batman. That's what he was saying. He wants that to take place so that you know we don't lose that character. We don't lose those stories. That's what he was saying. He wasn't talking about it in the sense of like, oh, they focus on women and they're trying to mess with black, black men, all that bullshit. He was talking about the f- first part. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. So I just. I take it for what it is, man. It was a good movie. I'm glad it happened. We're moving on to the next phase. And this is how these things come. You experience it, you enjoy it, and then on to the next movie or whatever the fuck. Because it's, it's like an amusement park. You ride this ride, then you go to the next ride. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So. Yes, indeed. So what do you so moving on from Black Panther, uh, as it closes out the year, what were some things from this year that you enjoyed or some things that you you, you wanted to share on the show but didn't get around to? Uh we'll use this moment to highlight. Yeah. Uh well, Atlanta ended season four. It was last season, it ended a couple weeks ago. So uh I enjoyed that. Um last episode they was like Pictures Atlanta basically was called. It was all a dream. Darius goes to this sensory deprivation tank or whatever. Uh, and the way, uh, on the way to it, he runs into Cree Summer, aka Freddie from Different World, which makes perfect sense. They have a conversation. Then he, then like throughout the show, throughout the episode, it's like, is it is this real or is it not real? And and then it ends. Uh, and meanwhile, Ern, uh, Van, and uh, Alfred are at this black sushi restaurant. And 
they they think the food is terrible and but then like they, it's like they can just the host gives them a speech about how you know black folks are so hard on black black on businesses so it's like Benjamin Atlanta like both hilarious but also commentary and also a little scary but then Darius comes in and saves them then Darius said thinks he's still in, the, in like the sensory deprivation tank or whatever and Ern would say no this is actually real but then like basically he's out of knowing that he's not that he's actually like uh still in dream world or whatever is that he imagines a, a thick judge judy and this final scene is like he's staring at the tv and judge judy is on but we can't we can't see whether or not she is quote-unquote thick or not so we don't know whether this is all a dream or or if it's all or in the moment he's it's actually happening and so that's how the show ends uh which to me uh it felt right it, it felt uh, compared to like the uh controversial sopranos ending where it's like you know don't stop go to black um <laughs> it, that 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 did feel feel like a, a sharp cut this felt like okay because so much of the show has been like a dream and surreal that if this was in fact all a dream then it's like okay that explains the invisible car that explains teddy perkins that explains the um the woods that explains like you know it, it would explain so much if this was if this was all in darius's like sensory deprivation imagination so uh, it felt fitting for Atlanta, you know. Hmm. Okay. Uh, man, I've still I've been remiss to catch up on it, man. Just life, been life, and mm-hmm. just been trying to catch up with it. But I'm I'm going to get there with you, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I highlight is Black Adam. It's funny you mentioned it. I I saw that movie. That was my first movie back into theaters uh, in this COVID era, and um, I didn't hate it. But I didn't really like love it either. Uh, it's the Rock doing Rock things. Like the Rock has to be the most. When it comes to the Rock man, he's the most sanitized actor I've ever seen. Like <laughs> I, I don't think I've seen an actor be so methodical, be so uh, watered down when it comes to like the move. Not only the movies they take, but the way they act in movies. Um, I don't think he's acted really since. Um, Probably since uh, Get Short. I think that was a movie where he uh, played a gay character. Uh, it was like the sequel. It was a sequel. It had Danny DeVito in it. It was, it was a big cast. It was like mm-hmm. one of his early roles. And it's like since then, well, once he got past the Disney phase and the gridiron, but basically when he got on the steroids, is when like he just kind of knew well, he himself. Well, he said he lost some, he lost weight when he first got in the because he said they told, he said they, his people told him that he needed to lose weight and not look as big to sort of fit into the actor mode. So what probably happened was he started working out again and like, you know. Yeah, and got on steroids. And I mean, well, he is, he is some moments, so they tend to be pretty big. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> his, his, his daddy wasn't small, so yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was a big guy. He's he's like six four, mm-hmm. six six. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's a big guy, but it just that just yeah. I don't know, <laughs> buddy. I don't know, but uh, yeah. Since he decided to like be like the largest entertainer, figuratively, literally, it just he just seems so. It's like he don't. Something's missing, you know. It's, it's like well, he, he just—he wants to be as safe as to be. And I I'm will. Like, well, I, I will say, uh, he. I did read an interview with him, and then uh, he basically said, when it comes to choosing movies, he said, "I don't want to work out my personal shit in my movies." So that to me tells the story. Like, you're not gonna get the rock in a uh, pursuit of happiness, uh, 
know Denzel type of or Will Denzel type of role or like a or like a character study where he like breaks down on screen and like challenges childhood trauma like none of it is not gonna happen because it's like because he says I don't work out my personal shit in my in I go I make I make movies for people to go and escape and have a good time and enjoy so that's fair so you're not not gonna get that so because even 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 with Young Rock they kind of dug a little deep in this last episode with far as relationship with his dad. Uh, it kind of with him confronting his dad about you know about different decisions he made and and things like that and and feel like his dad was lying to them all the time, uh, and even that it was given like the sitcom sheen like it probably it, it, they talked about things but things didn't get quite as real as they probably got in real life you know mm-hmm. so you're not gonna get that from him so <laughs> you're right and, and that's fair but it's also called acting. For a reason, it's like, <laughs> nigga, are you acting or are you, are you just being yourself? <laughs> so it's just like it, it, it's interesting. To, so I, I, I don't know, but the movie was was fine. Uh, I know people do these gang wars with DC movies and Marvel movies. And, um, was it on par for the Marvel movies? I mean, not really, but it was decent. You know, I, I, I don't feel like I wasted my money. Um, so that's one thing, but. Another thing I watched this year, we talked about the show that I really enjoyed was uh, The Bear. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite shows of this year. I'm interested to see how the second season is. Uh, if you didn't catch the episode, The Bear is a show about a restaurant in Chicago that uh, is passed down to the brother of the owner. The owner committed suicide and he left the restaurant to his brother. And his brother is this... Um, He's a classically trained chef, and now he's taking over the restaurant. And he's trying to save it and make it a proper place, a uh, proper dining place. And of course, that's never easy. So um, it's a ride. It's a ride. It was a quick, what eight, nine episodes, mm-hmm. and um, I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm glad you got this the chance to watch it and experience it. And I think you enjoyed it as well. Yeah, intense. <laughs> right, right, very much so. Very much so. Uh, uh, also, oh no, you go ahead. Oh, okay, um, for me, I, I did listen to like a lot of podcasts this year. I would say I was going with some things. One was a uh, a show called Sound Barrier Sound Barriers, but basically it's a podcast about artists who break barriers in music and culture. And this first season, they talked about Sylvester, who you know was a musician in the seventies and eighties. You know, uh, basically out and proud before out and proud was a thing, especially for black artists. Um, mm-hmm. And so they talk about his, his early life and his background and, and uh, just the ups and downs of his career. And then eventually how, you know, he passed away from AIDS and I think in 87, 88, I believe. Um, and it, it's really in depth looked at his life. That was one I really enjoyed. Um, I was always like a chart geek as a kid. So another po- podcast uh, called Hit Parade really is, uh, is a good did by Slate. Um, where each episode he they take you through either the uh, chart performance or the create and the and, and the creation of either a particular album. They did one about Rhythm Nation, uh, and they or, or or cover a particular artist. Like they did one about Whitney, they did one about uh, Stevie Wonder. Um, I think one about uh, I think Bruce Springsteen, a couple other ones, or they cover a particular genre. Uh, where she did one about this did one about uh, funk music. And they also did one. They did a couple about um, uh, golf and and a uh, post punk things like that. So they talk about talk about take on different things, and it, it really take you to the journey of of art and, and like a, a, a or artists 
through the chart performance of, of an album or a particular movement. So that was really interesting. Uh, that's done by Slate. That's what I liked. And then when it just ended, uh, unfortunately, was uh, Inside of the Groove. If you uh, are really into uh, Madonna, to each episode, he would take apart um, a song and like play all the vocal stems and like the in the uh, like the original tracks and give insight into how the track came together and everything else. That was one I liked too. And then along with still listen to like the Reed and uh, podcast called Dead Ass Sibling Rivalry, things like that. So which with Bob Drag Queen and Monet Exchange. Um, I'm trying to think what other shows I watched. You mentioned the Bear. That's when I watched. Um, mm. Oh, um, of course, App Elementary. Watched that. It was so funny. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great show. Great show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Quentin Blowing Up. She was on Oprah. <laughs> I uh, saw Oprah interviewed her. Uh, you, you know, you big time when Oprah uh, cares enough to talk to you. In the garden. Especially, yes. when, you, especially when you're black. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah, Oprah love her some white folks. But um... oh, oh, also, YouTube uh, is very serious called Lexi. Like, uh, Lexi. Uh, Intellectual, I think is, is the name of the, the channel, but this is she does like these long video essays, like hour long video essays on on uh different decades. She just she covered the seventies, if she co- and now she's doing the eighties, and she does it like from like pop culture, but also like political crime. Uh, since talking about how life was maybe for women in the eighties and black black folks in the eighties and things like that, it's it's a really in depth, um, like I was to say educational, uh. Look at you know because that's what most so, so often with eighties, especially people you know look at look at it through just just pure pop culture glasses and like it's like and it's and it's not that <laughs> and she really and, and it's a really if you've got time to kill it's a good uh channel to look into so I'm gonna have to watch that mm. I haven't seen it now who uh and who's the host Lex uh, Lexi is her name or. And she she does she does a bunch of different videos. She did one about like the issue of like uh black folks and like Halloween or like food and 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 how it relates to black folks in the country, uh in America. Um also uh this uh, in, intellectual media. Yeah, she ah, yes, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did one about like, growing up in the eighties, rich and the poor in, on the regonomics, global events. Black life in the 80s, you know, stuff like that. And then she did one on the 70s too. So Okay. I'm gonna have to check that out for sure. Uh because I I don't spend much time on YouTube. I try to treat YouTube like the going to Walmart. I'd be in and out. <laughs> uh but um if it was something worth watching, I'll spend that time I use on the wisely and watch it. Um, but it's good. I, I like I like a good podcast as well. Uh there's a few I listen to. I don't know why I listen to like I want to say, I guess, self-help podcast or like um, stuff like that. Like uh, there's a this one called the Art of Man- Manliness, and I I was apprehensive about listening to it because I don't want to listen to alpha male <laughs> bullshit rhetoric. But the show is actually pretty good because it talks about like just different, um, just different authors or people who come on there and talk about like life. And just how certain stuff specifically towards leaning towards men, but it's not like just on some Joe Rogan type shit. It's just like, you know, men, how do men make friends? You know, how to uh, start a gym routine? Just kind of like self-improvement type shit. Um, There's another one I like called The Knowledge Project, where this guy talks to uh, business people, writers, stuff like that, about just where they are in life and how they got to where they are. 
Uh, that's pretty good. And uh, psycholo- psychologist uh, off the clock, the show that talks about uh, just basically things, I guess you would talk about in therapy, but with therapists who aren't on the clock, as the title says, but they're very self-aware and they're very open. They also talk about their own shit and baggage. And uh, yeah, that's it for the most part. That's the ones I highlight. Oh, and also for the R&B lovers, uh, R&B money is what I've grown to like. Uh, with hosted by Tank and uh Jay Valentine, uh, they they interview different like R and B artists, some 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 current, some like legends. Like they just interviewed uh Jeffrey Osborne from uh solo artist LTD, you know. They also they interviewed like uh Ari Lennox recently. They interviewed uh Babyface, uh Lil Mo, uh Steve Mackey, who's like a vocal coach, uh D Nice, John B. So I mean, so it's and it really like you know, uh, I guess it's, in a way it's, it had perfect time because of the whole Diddy R and B is dead mess. But like, it it really is a good podcast as far as like talk showing appreciation for and trying to, you know, I guess preserve the culture of R and B music. You know, um, that's a good one. And also, uh, from a Madman fans, uh, one called they coined it where they go episode episode by episode each episode of Mad Men and like talk about their impressions of it and 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 just the show and in, in, in general so mm, okay and, uh, and also quest love supreme is still going in that's a, that's a good one too <laughs> i have a friend that loves that one i'm gonna have to check that one out uh what's another one i the guy um uh, i can't remember his name but the guy that sent you that podcast about black panther he hosted i forgot his name but he left npr and now he's doing his own thing. I think he's with Vulture now. Yeah, okay. And uh, yeah. So those are a few of the things. Oh no, so one, we have one last one. If you it's like just hearing about celebrity stuff, uh called so one called Even the Rich, where they're like do like these three or four, four three or four part series on the story of like a uh, of a celebrity that they went on, on Mariah, who actually was actually doing a TV show based on her book. Uh oh really. Mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, and then went on. Did, you, went did on. you read a book? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah, I, it was. I was real eye because I, I, when I was younger, I used to think Mariah was like this privileged, um, light skinned girl. But reading the book, I was like, damn, one yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, she gets doing her TV show, and then uh, but yeah, they did way cover like different ones. They went on on Mariah. They went on Drew Barrymore. They went on Jan Jackson. Uh, a couple of other celebrities too. But yeah. I think Elton was the one. Yeah, did one Elton John. So yeah, um, even the rich is a good, it's a it's entertaining if you into that. Um, yes, you know, I want to say it's one more I listen to, but one I, I, I listen to, but, but every time I listen to it, it's like ugh, a, a democracy ish. It's like necessary, but also it can either piss you off or depress you because they just talk about how terrible things are as far as the current political state. You know. Um, I mean, they try, they try to offer like solutions and or what can be done, what should be done, particularly about on on the Democratic side. But yeah, you know, it's, it can dampen your week. <laughs> that, re- that reminds me of the argument. Um, mm. It's a New York Times podcast. It's, mm. I forgot the host, but she's this biracial girl. She's like our age, and she mm. um, just has a topic, and she has somebody that probably like on this side or that side. They just, you know, like the title. They have a friendly debate about it. Uh, they, there's a really good episode that features Gen Gen Z, and it's like three Gen Zers, and 
they're all different walks of life. But they, mm. it was really interesting to hear people who are actually that age talk. Because now mm. you hear people talk about Gen Zers, but they don't be Gen Zers. They just be like, oh, well, you know, Gen Z is this and Gen Z is that. It's like, or they confuse them with us. Right. Yeah, exactly. They lump them up with us. So, yeah, it was it was a good listen. So, I, yeah, I definitely recommend the argument. Uh, it's on Spotify. But what, what do you listen? What do you use to listen to podcasts? Spotify, for some reason, you can not you be on free for Spotify, but listen to a whole podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, <laughs> yeah. That's so why you can not pay. On. You got you can have a free account and listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then one last one I just came across. I used to watch this show, Adam, Adam Rules Everything. Uh, but he not he has a podcast too uh, called Factually with Adam Conover. Uh, he talks he, each episode. He talks about uh, interviews with different people about different things. Uh, like a one he has did one about why we need music, uh, and it was really interesting. So that's the one too. And he also he's on YouTube now, and now he, I guess now he's off TV. He's like he's he's like a curse up a storm about it, how stupid uh, Elon Musk and other billionaires are and all that stuff. So just want to look into. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna check that out. Uh, what do you okay? Speaking of Spotify and leaning more so back to music, uh, Scissors actually has a release date and an album, Dum-dum-dum. and it comes out December 9th. Uh, so by the time y'all hear this, S-O-S, it might be yeah. out, <laughs> yeah. SOS and the album cover, everything, so it's done. Uh, what do you think? What are your expectations? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, well. <laughs> Like well, if 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 all the singles are gonna be on the album, that we know at least about four or five of the singles, because Hit Different came out fall twenty twenty, then Good Days, then Hate You, then um, then Shirt just came out, so uh, that's at least four Wait, songs. So, so those those are gonna be on the album? That's I'm like assuming. I don't, I don't, I'm assuming. I don't know. I haven't seen the track list or anything. So I saw the Oh, okay. Um. Uh, my expectation, the way it's been it's been described, is going to be like kind of a, a progression of control. But it mentioned like some some surf rock influences, but also still like alternative R and B uh, and a little bit of rock influence. But also, so I'll, but also, given what we heard, like I said, it definitely still has that uh, dreamy lo-fi vibe that some control had too. So um i don't know what to expect exactly i mean this you know this is finally here but that's that's, that's great um but as far as what to expect i'm not really sure so mm. i am in the same boat with you i don't know i just hope it's good shit or <laughs> let, let, me, let me not even say good i just hope that i like some of it because you know uh i don't know i don't know who it's gonna be for you know because like scissor control is a good album uh, but now I'm like 35 and I'm like a cis head male. So I don't know how much of that I can still relate to. Mm-hmm. So I hope because like Summer Walker, she cool, but I just can't, I can't get into that shit because it's not for me, you know? And not to say that Summer Walker is scissor, but like, is it going to be more like that or is it going to be more of like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's gonna be more. I don't know if it's gonna be more like someone walk. I think it's gonna be, it sounds like it's gonna be more like because Caesar's her writing style is very like stream of conscious, right? For, you know, um, so I don't know. And also, you know, she has a little bit closer in age wow. than uh, Summer Walker is. She because uh, Caesar's born in uh eighty nine. So oh, I forgot she was that young. Mm. Well, not that young, but I forgot she was. That closer to us, because that's mm. how long it's been since control. Because <laughs> I'm like, wait, hold up, 
so yeah, like I said, like I, I felt like broken clocks. I can relate to broken clocks when mm-hmm. I was uh younger because I was what twenty what twenty? I was like maybe twenty nine when control came out or thirty. I think thirty. I think I just turned thirty. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh yeah, it, it hit it, it it hit different then, but I, I don't know. So we'll see. Uh I'm excited for it though. I'm glad sister is coming out with that music and hopefully has a good run and has a good tour. Uh, hopefully the ticket prices aren't that high and can see her. Mm. So, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that that pretty much touches on everything we wanted to talk about this episode. Uh, we won't leave y'all hanging too long. We'll be back again soon before the year ends with a, uh, a real wrap-up episode. Uh, I promise y'all I'm going to finish Atlanta. That way we can do a proper review. And uh, yeah, that, that's all I got to say for now. What about you, K. Clark? Uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, I mean, real quickly, I watched uh, Lizzo's documentary, and I thought that was uh, it was well done. Uh, okay. Uh, from Love Lizzo on HBO Max. Uh, so so where, is, where is she from? Born in Detroit, raised in Houston. Uh, okay. She went to Minneapolis to, uh, that's what she really kind of developed as an artist more so. So. Hmm. Okay. Well, y'all, we've had another episode of the Side Eye, and once again, man, it's just a blessing and a uh, uh, great opportunity to make this uh, this show. Thank y'all for listening. I hope y'all continue to listen. And as always, keep your eyes open and your eyebrows raised, and take care of yourself, man, because. See you later. Bye.